BBC Radio York. It's just coming round to 12 minutes past nine. So social media companies could well see their services blocked and senior managers could even be held personally liable if they allow their companies to breach proposed new internet safety rules. Uh, the government white papers published today says tech firms must take more responsibility for users' safety as well as for harmful contents that appears on their sites all the way from child abuse images through to terrorist propaganda. The Culture Secretary is Jeremy Hunt. We're not saying that every instance of harm that reaches any user will automatically be a breach of the duty of care, but what we are saying is that they must do all that they reasonably can to keep people safe and have systems in place that will make that happen, and it will be up to a regulator to determine whether they've done that or not. Ministers say they want to create an independent regulator to oversee the internet. Quite how anybody oversees anything as enormous as the internet, goodness knows. But that's what they say they want to do with the power to impose very heavy fines where sites fail to tackle offensive material. But to be quite honest, many of the details of this remain rather unclear. The government hasn't even yet decided whether it will set up a new regulator or use an existing watchdog like Ofcom. Uh, Neve McDade is from the Royal Society for Public Health. She says urgent action is needed to tackle and clean up the internet. It's absolutely vital that we do something now rather than wait for legislation to come into place. This can be a timely process and we cannot wait around while potentially more lives are lost due to social media platforms and the impact they can have on our young people's mental health. Well, the new rules would apply to any company that allows people to share or discover user-generated content, as they call it, UGC, or to interact with others. So, you know, that's all these social networking sites like Facebook, like Twitter and all the rest of it. Critics say applying the same rules to everyone will favour bigger companies that can afford staff to oversee the regulation of all this um, and harm smaller companies. Campaigners say the plans could also undermine, uh, undermine people's rights to free speech. Victoria Hewson is from the free market think tank, the Institute of Economic Affairs. She says this is basically government censorship. These things are always justified as being for good and kind, worthy objectives. But ultimately, it's giving power to a state regulator to decide what can and cannot be shown on the internet. Maybe the authorities should be trying to stop these things at source. Difficult one, isn't it? Is it your freedom versus some people's safety? I'd like to know about you in the internet. Do you believe it has been a positive force in life, something that's good, or has it actually damaged your life, maybe your family life, your relationships and all the rest of it, as people sit there tapping away on their phones or on their laptops, uh, you know, communicating on Facebook, posting pictures and all the rest of it? It's got a downside, um, nasty stuff out there, some nasty people with some nasty opinions uh, promoting them. There are some huge positives as well, connecting people with friends and family across the world and all the rest of it. You tell me, do you think the internet has been a force for good or a force for bad? Let's get the opinion of John Popham. He's a social media expert uh, from Yorkshire and joins us on the line now. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us. Um, what's your view of what the government has, is trying to do? It feels to me, maybe, like it's a genie that's so well out of the bottle, it's going to be very hard to pop it back in. Well, it is a bit, uh, and I'm, I'm always a little bit sceptical about mechanisms that could be seen in some ways to be closing down free speech. Um, but on the other hand, um, I think it, it is possible to do something. 
Um, the, as I understand it, the social media companies working with governments have been fairly successful in recent years in clamping down on material generated from ISIS. Uh, and I think it's not a long stretch to take those principles that they've developed in that relationship to other areas um, of unpleasant content on the Internet as well. So I, I, no system of um, stopping these things is going to be perfect, but I think it is possible. And the other thing to remember is that these companies make huge profits, absolutely huge profits. And I think they're going to have to get to the state where they're going to have to accept that maybe some of that profit has to be reinvested into mechanisms for clamping down on some of the negative content that gets out there. How do we control people's use of it? We've been hearing on our breakfast show this morning from a young man, I think his name is Danny, um, and he was spending umpteen hours a day, umpteen hours a week, looking at these social networks, sort of, you know, a constant exercise that many young people go through, which is a constant comparison of themselves, you know, using Snapchat, using Twitter, um, you know, other people's images of their perfect lives forced upon people, making people feel lesser human beings because their life is not so perfect or their look is not so stylish. Um, and people become obsessed. And I think there's clear evidence now that it's damaging people's mental health. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there has to be much more education in schools about this kind of thing. I think this is something that has crept up upon our sort of generation. Um, and most people, you know, I do these things for professional reasons, but most people in my generation still don't understand uh, the social, social media and the internet and how it all works, uh, whereas young people are surrounded by it all the time. Um, and I think we have to, um, there is an assumption that all young people are what they call digital natives, that they just automatically understand how to do it because they've grown up with it. Um, I d don't think that's the case at all. I think people have to be educated in how to use these things. They have to be educated how to limit their use um, and they have to be educated on how it might impact on their mental health and how to how to stop it. Um, I mean, it's, I, I, one, it's one thing knowing how, how to use these things. I suppose mm -hmm. the, the flip side of that is when to use these things and how much to use them and whether to trust what you read there and, and whether to enter into conversations, into dialogues with people who might be quite weird and unpleasant and have some pretty offensive um, and even violent views. Yeah, I think yeah, I definitely think you're right. There has to be a lot more education. I think we've seen increasingly these days that people are being taken in by a lot of the fake news that's out there, and I think people have to be educated and how to spot these things, how how um, you know, how to take them with a pinch of salt, salt, how to understand what are trusted sources and what are not. Um, and I think all of this kind of stuff has to go into some kind of media literacy education, which is not happening at the moment. And I think I think we need to see it. Do you think that the government really can get involved here and actually make a, a positive difference, or is it a bit too little too late? Well, I hope it's not too late, because I do think, um, I mean, like you and some of the people who spoke before me, I do think there are massive positive benefits to be had from social media. Um, and I think certainly was an early adoption of social media and it seemed to be all good and it was enabling people to connect with each other and find um, networks that could do interesting work together and all those kind of things and then uh, the other people came along who hadn't had a different kind of motives um, so I'm, I'm hoping that we in some respects we can go back to that era when um, social media was a positive environment to be in um, and I just think um, I'd like to think that part of the problem is that the business model of some of these companies is just that anything um, will generate uh, money for them. And in, in actual fact, 
the more controversial it is, the more money it will generate for them. And I think we have to move away from that model. And, and we have to say, um, you know, a lot of people are, I'm in the business of helping people develop a reputation online. I think we have to think about what is the reputation of the companies that actually provide the platforms. And I think if, if they themselves have a bad reputation, they ought to be doing something about it. And they ought to be investing in improving their own reputation. And that includes uh, curating and um, getting rid of some of the content that, uh, that, that is causing this negative environment. John, good to speak to you this morning. Thank you very much indeed. John Popham, uh, who's a social media expert working here in Yorkshire. He's a social videographer, does live streaming social media, works on digital inclusion. Those are his views. What are yours? What has been your experience of the in